Welcome back to Square Horror. I am your Duke of Spook, Danny. I'm the master of ceremonies, Matt. I'm going back to high school. <laughs> Is this your 90s uh, coming-of-age story voice? Yeah, sorry. That, that's the cool Drake and Josh music pan into the high school quad where everyone's bustling and everyone's a stereotype. But you know what? It's kind of all right because it's like cohesive and everything always kind of works out in the end. We're in the age of the movies that I watched as a kid that I assumed was high school, so that I held high school to this standard. Oh, no. Your poor high school experience. Yeah, it was very boring, and I feel like I've really missed a piece of my life. Anyway, so, The Faculty, directed yes. by who? Robert Rodriguez in 1998. Who? Oh, you heard me. The famed director of Spy Kids 1, 2, and 3D Game Over, well, Robert yes. Rodriguez. Yeah, that's what everyone knows him from, but we know him from the twisted, horrible side of stuff, like from Dusk Till Dawn and Grindhouse. Yeah. And Sin City, I at least know him. I think Sin City is, just, Sin City is amazing. I forgot he did Sin City. Yeah, bro. He, and he was the first person and only person to be like, all right, you want me to make a comic book movie? I am straight up making comic books in motion. And everyone laughed at him. But then he's like, you know what? Someday when I'm directing The Mandalorian and Boba Fett, you can all suck my dick. And then that time came. Because <laughs> that's what he's doing right fucking now. That's true. Yeah, he's kind of killing the game. He's also making just fun little cute, like, parent-child superhero movies on Netflix because he's just a fun dad. Well, that's straight up why he does some of the things he did in Spy Kids. He was just like, what do you think would be cool? Dude, even, um, God, what's the name of that movie that he just did? The Netflix one, Pedro Pascal, the other day? Oh, we Can, we can be, heroes. be Heroes. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it was goofy, but, like, it was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely an entertaining He's ride. also announced to direct... Oh, absolutely. He's also announced to direct Machete Kills in Space. Oh. Because he did all those movies as well. Uh -huh. And because of those movies, he's also friends with Lady Gaga because he also did the music video for the Lady Gaga Ariana Grande song that, that came out like a couple of years back that like blew everyone's minds. Interesting. Yeah, man. Robert Rodriguez is, a, is like an unsung hero of most people's entertainment. And he's such, from what I've seen of him in interviews and just the people that he works with, like Quentin Tarantino, Rob Zombie, all these people that are very passionate artists. He's also just, he wears that on his sleeve because he's, he cares so much about everything. Like, he cares mm -hmm. about the work he does. He cares about his actors. He cares about his story. He cares about his fucking friends and his family. Like, he just seems like such a cool, genuine guy that I would love to hang out with. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's definitely someone who's up on my list that if I could work with a chosen director, he's high up there. I really hope that he showed up on set for the Monsters, the Rob Zombie monsters movie that's coming out in the fall and just like had a little fun geek out session with rob zombie for an afternoon i would believe it man i think that would be fun um on the negative side who produced this movie danny <laughs> this movie was made by the weinsteins boo, boo, boo on the weinsteins. Boo weinsteins they suck we all know this for a multitude of reasons that are not just limited to sexual assault also just because they're shitty they're just men. bad producers yeah they're just bad mean producers that like to ruin everyone's good time but anyway. luckily <laughs> on this movie they mostly stayed out of it which yeah well that's why was, it rules <laughs> which is why it's really good 
Yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert, this movie's great. Oh, it's fucking amazing. And I got it from the get-go. Like, yeah. the rest of the movie was like, I like this, but now let me figure out what vibe it is so I can match that vibe and have an even better time. Mm-hmm. And that vibe became... Do you like James Gunn's masterpiece, Peacemaker? You're going to fucking love the faculty. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so we have another um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Thing type movie, which I've loved because I caught that pretty early on. Yeah. Is this our first um, Pod People movie? I think so. Because we haven't done the thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, we haven't done the thing yet. Yeah, this is a first for us. I love it. And I think it's the first time that we can mutually say we love this type of movie. Oh, absolutely. The thing is probably, if not my favorite, it is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. For certain. And I mean, I'm with you there. The thing is, is great. Even I would argue we'll get to it someday on A Wonderful World of Remakes, but the remake prequel of the movie is still very, very good. I've actually still never seen it. Are you serious? Yeah. I have both of them now. So I've been meaning to do a double feature with the prequel first because I kind of like the cohesive storyline that it does. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting because like even, I mean, we'll talk about the thing at, at some later time. Um but in terms of pod people, that would be the archetype of sci-fi, almost mystery, mm-hmm. that involves aliens either shape-shifting, mind-controlling, or replacing um, a human population um, in like a sub, like a, like a secret clandestine invasion where they're just replacing humanity with this alien life. Mm-hmm. And as opposed to an invasion of body snatchers, they're not plants, um, but they do have a... A fucking really big hang up on water. Yeah, they're thirsty as shit, man. I, it, like, it got to the point where, like, I paused it and I kind of had a laugh about it because I'm like, okay, they fucking really <laughs> like water. <laughs> well, yeah, it was that first time when we see a couple of them and they're just downing the fucking um, water s- station in the teacher's lounge. Like, I literally have, like, a note one after the other of, like, man, they really like water. Man, it's like they don't get it every day. Wow, they are just pounding it. And then eventually, when it's raining, they're just all outside like, oh my god, water falls from the sky? (laughs) Your planet is the best. (laughs) God, I thought it was so... Like, it's such a fun running joke. Like, it's not even really played as a joke. It's more played as them being like, hmm, water. And to me, I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right um do you want to get into the cast now or do you want to wait until we kind of meet them in the movie i say i actually want to start talking about a little bit about how this movie came to be all right and then we can jump into top of movie and we'll meet our yeah. cast along the way because i love the way they introduce everyone and it's such a great like they even have the name cards which yeah. whenever we cover feast feast does also and it's like such a fun thing where the, it's the movie basically breaking the fourth wall and being like this is gonna be fun just hanging for the ride mm-hmm. um so yeah so this movie was initially written in 1990 by um co-writers david wechter and uh bruce kimmel um who sent it out um it's a bunch of uh, studios and no one was buying it oh, so they man. were just like oh man this movie's never gonna get made and then Miramax made Scream and was like, wait, this, this script would work. And so they bought it and were like, make it happen now. And so they brought in Kevin Williamson to do some rewrites, which actually rewrote um, 
the basic story, but was working on dialogue and uh, yep. adding characters to make it more, and I quote them here, hip. Well, I mean, if anyone, listen, that you, you laugh, but if anyone knows hip mid to late 90s teen culture, it's Kevin, it's Kevin Williams. Williamson. And honestly, I feel like no one picked this movie up because it can only exist, Danny, in the mid to late 90s. Oh, absolutely. So we have to thank Kevin Williamson again for writing Scream, even though we do on the regular. If, yes. if like we will, whenever we talk about urban legends in a couple of weeks, it will be the exact, and I know what you did last summer. It's yeah. just going to be like, praise Kevin Williams. This movie would not exist otherwise. Without and him. I feel like the nineties was mm-hmm. perfectly encapsulated in Kevin Williamson's screenplays. Oh yeah. Well, and actually Kevin was supposed to direct this movie, but um, he chose not to, so he could direct his uh, other movie, uh, Teaching Mrs. Tingle, which came Every- out in 1999. Whoa, that sounds like a pornography film. It Teaching does. Mrs. I have Tingle? no idea what it is. Oh, good God. The ooh. <laughs> Katie Holmes is in it. And this is like, I think, right before or right at the height of the um, fucking, uh, what? Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek. On Dawson's Creek. Which, I mean, is the other, it's the early 90s hip teen culture before they all got cool and edgy in the mm-hmm. mid to late 90s. Yeah. Teaching Mrs. Tingle is a black comedy thriller film written and directed by Kevin Williamson. Okay, we gotta watch this movie. I'm Helen intrigued Mirren's by in this it. movie. Helen Mirren? Helen Mirren is Mrs. Tingle. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Molly Ringwald's in it too. What the Jesus? Okay, so we're putting a pin in Teaching Mrs. Tingle. <laughs> so yes, because Kevin wanted to direct that instead, uh, the Weinsteins were like, hey, Rob, you want to come direct this movie for us? And he went, yeah. He tipped his cowboy hat and went, you got it, partner. <laughs> and I'm so only that's sort of the joking. faculty became to be. Yeah. And so now, yeah. let's meet our characters. Okay, I need everyone to set the scene. I want you to go on <laughs> YouTube so you can keep the podcast going on Spotify. Go on YouTube and just look up like early 2000s rock me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to jump a couple weeks a, a week ahead. Look up the Jennifer's Body soundtrack on YouTube and play that in the background for the rest of this episode and you'll find you'll be in the vibe of where you need to be. <laughs> Or, you know, if, if anyone has seen uh, the, the hit Nick Toon, Nick uh, original legend, uh, Drake and Josh, any of the um, intermedial, like, B-roll footage of San Diego, where it's just a bunch of cool rock music, put that on this episode, too. Because that's what we're talking about in this intro. It's a classic shot from the 90s of a cool high school with a bunch of cool hip kids. All of the archetypes of high school are in the quad. Tossing a football, getting to school. It's usually the first day of the semester, and Drake and Josh cool rock music is playing. I think I'm gonna link and the, we meet uh, a trailer. bunch of people. <laughs> I'm gonna link the trailer to this movie in oh, our God. description. I so haven't people can. <laughs> I haven't either, but I can only imagine what it is. I can only imagine that it's pretty much like, can you forget about the things? It's like that's playing <laughs> as they're like Josh Hartnett. Elijah Wood, like they're just going through everything and they're like, teachers are a little weird. And like, that's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the trailer is really going to set the tone. So um, if I was Absolutely. able to find it and mark it down in our description, please pause the podcast for however long that video is. Yes, please. Watch it and get back to us 
and hopefully you'll understand where we're coming from. Okay, so now that everyone is appropriately um, ninety-five, everyone has put has has lowered their waistlines if they're ladies, their waistbands because I, that was a look for a while. Not and the if you're low a guy, waisted jeans. Yes, yeah, and if you're a guy, you've put on a short sleeve shirt, a long sleeve shirt, and a short sleeve shirt, and a flannel, and jeans that are too big for you, and you've got a seashell necklace on, and you're ready to get into the. And you got a buddy with frosted tips going. Ex- yeah, or you have all of them, and you're just a walking stereotype. <laughs> And you play in a pop punk band. Well, that's also usually that's like the on the. Bingo and sometimes card. you skateboard. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be doing this next week for Jennifer's body too. So you better get the fucking mood for this right, goddamn now. All right, the cast leading this intrepid group of children because they are children at the end of the day. They are. Um, is Josh Hartnett, who we've most recently seen on the podcast in Halloween H two O. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Hartnett plays Zeke, who is one of the coolest pe- people ever, and that's by design in the scripts because yes. he is like the note I straight up had is like, who's that pulling up to the school, triple parked, wearing a short sleeve shirt under a long sleeve shirt under a short sleeve shirt, shoving twenty pens, probably full of ecstasy, into his pocket? Our motherfucking hero. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> that is actually <laughs> how he's introduced. And it's um, it, it, it did, my, the lizard part of my brain did it where it was like, I like him. <laughs> like, like I, it became Hannah for a second. Like, I like him. Yes. <laughs> and then right after that, who's that nerd getting off the pus, eyeing the hot chick and getting elbowed in the face? The nerd. Because <laughs> it's just archetype, archetype, archetype. Oh, yeah. But that's okay. Because as our, a great movie, The Breakfast Club, introduced to us, archetypes aren't always what they seem. Exactly. And, we'll get, and we get a little bit of that in this movie, too. I mean, not a whole lot, because they pretty much stay in their lanes. But I mean, they do, but they give them enough realness. To bring it back to James Gunn, uh, not that he was involved in any way in this movie. It just screams James Gunn to me. Yes. Uh, but even if someone is an archetype, like he does all the superhero stuff. So those people have to stay in very strict lines, but within those lines, they can be anything. They can be any sort of relatable. You can make the son of a white supremacist. Who's just an assassin who will kill anybody to get what he wants. Super relatable over the course of six hours. James Gunn can do that. And Robert Rodriguez can do that with the classic archetypes that everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, But yes. So Zeke is kind of the like, He's not even really a burnout. He's a clearly very intelligent kid um, who has been held back. He's repeating the senior year again. Mm-hmm. Um, his parents are gone. Did they die or something? I, I they're just kind of not around. Yeah, I think they just like left. Like they're just off doing some vague shit and they yeah. kind of left him to his own devices. So he sells drugs in his spare time, but it's okay because it's not actually drugs, it's just caffeine. Which, like, even, even his, like, I'd say he's a scoundrel. He's a yeah. rascal. Like, he's not a bad... A rapscallion, if you will. Yes, he, he's, he's, a, he's a classic Shakespeare... You know what the fucking <laughs> faculty is? Is it's a Shakespeare play fucking played to the 90s and it's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So imagine, if you will, Leonardo DiCaprio's Romeo and Juliet meets The Thing from 1982. 
you you're i'm serious that's exactly right i'm kind <laughs> of upset exactly that you're right, right. <laughs> no you fucking improved it that's absolutely a fair assessment um rounding out the breakfast club we also have uh stan who's our who's the jock he's the captain of the football team uh he's Sha- he's played by sean hattisoy hattisey um he's in uh, animal kingdom and southland a lot of cool tnt shows where he can be an edgy copper criminal or something like that um I like him a lot in this movie. He's kind of reminds me of when we covered the gallows. He's yeah. like the, the kid on the football team there where like, he's clearly torn by like, I don't really know who I am and what I want to do, but I'm kind of sick of people telling me what I need to do. Well, and I love that the first time we're introduced to him is him trying to tell his cheerleader girlfriend that he's like, Hey, I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't me. Like it sets the groundwork for where, he's going to go throughout this movie because he's again trying to find himself yeah yeah which is kind of ironic especially with how the movie goes um but i gotta say his girlfriend it's worse than a cheerleader she's a pre-journalist she writes that's right she's even worse she's just a popular girl cheerleaders have a pointed goal for being shitty it's to make themselves feel more important we've learned that in mean girls reporters are just broken and they need to drag the rest of the world down with with them. Oh my God. That's I'm sorry, but it's part of you knows that that's true. Any writer knows that you're just broken and you need to show the world what you feel. Journalism is just like, see, this is what everything else is. Please listen to me. Yeah. There's plenty of good journalisms out there, but Delilah sucks. I do not like her. Well, and let me tell you a little fun fact about our character of Delilah. She was actually written for uh, Buffy co-star Charisma Carpenter in mind. I could absolutely see that because uh, Jordana Brewster looks just like her. Yes. Well, and uh, Charisma essentially turned it down because she was like, no, I'm not playing Cordelia again while I'm still playing Cordelia in Buffy. <laughs> and so they were like, well, shit, we got to find somebody else now. Yeah, what are we going to do? <laughs> and uh, that is one of two Buffy stars who turned down uh, roles in this movie. Sarah Michelle Gellar was uh, offered an un... I, don't, I, I am lost to what role it was in the movie, but she was offered a role and she turned it down being like, no, I'm too busy with Buffy right now. I would have kind of loved if she was... Um, God, what's her name? Oh, uh, God, she's not on the IMDb. Wait. Which person? What the fuck? Oh no, Mary Beth, Mary Beth. Oh yeah. I think it would have been kind of fun to see Sarah Michelle Gellar be the like prep girl. Cause she's not usually that. Even when she was Daphne, she was still like Buffy. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. Which is great. I mean, I love Sarah Michelle Gellar, but like that is her brand is like tough cookie. Who's also very attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of playing <laughs> slightly adjacent to their lane, um, Elijah Wood. <laughs> Elijah, like, the year before, like Lord of the Rings started. I'm just, so glad you brought that up. Of course, I'm going to bring that up. So Elijah Wood is Frodo in Lord of the Rings, and if, I don't want to just limit him to that. Elijah Wood recently has started to do a lot more stuff in horror, specifically. He's going like back to his roots. So we um, saw him most recently in Cooties. Yeah, he also is the head of a production company now. Last podcast on the left actually did a, uh, an interview with him specifically just talking about his production company. Mm-hmm. Um, he, like, he did Come to Daddy, all of those um, 
like kind of very much like a 24 if it was straight up mandy all the yeah. time that's elijah wood's brand um so i'm sure we'll get to him one more one one day when we cover those movies but for now yeah fucking lord of the rings was like the year before or year later well because this movie is actually when he auditioned for lord of the rings because he didn't know they were making movies of it and then someone on set turned to him and was like hey you need to submit to be frodo and he was like Okay. And so he uh, sent in a tape to Peter Jackson, not knowing that Peter Jackson was looking to mostly just cast British actors for the movies. And then lo and behold, a few months later, Elijah Wood became Frodo Baggins because of the faculty. I would say yes, definitely because of the faculty. But what's also interesting is Peter Jackson got his start doing horror. He did Mm -hmm. this movie called Dead Alive, which I... I've never seen but i've heard rave things like it's kind of like up there with reanimator in terms of like legendary cult status yeah um, so he's from like his roots are in horror as well he's kind of like a sam raimi got handed lord of the rings instead of spider-man like it without with a little bit less camp and a little bit more visual striking i mean because we would not have mo- like modern motion capture modern cgi type effects of the standards of lord of the rings without peter jackson correct and that's definitely because he originally did horror movies oh yeah because that's where you learn how to make practical effects yeah truly look amazing on a shoestring budget lest we forget sam raimi again sam raimi is a fucking legend for yeah with fucking 20 bucks and a piece of string making a modern zombie movie that catapulted him to be able to make fucking Doctor Strange 2. Yes. <laughs> I mean, a lot of other things also, but like most recently. Yes. That, you know. Um, uh, Real quick to go back, uh, speaking of catapulting, um, if anyone more of our Square audience, I know at least our friend Drew will know, Jordana Brewster is like one of the main characters in the Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, Drew's so bread and butter. Yeah, I know nothing about Fast and the Furious, and I don't really want to, Oh, but I she's one of the main characters in it. I think she's Vin Diesel's sister? Uh, the, it does family. Uh, that's all I know. I know <laughs> I she's a she is a Toretto, so I'm a, she's at least in some way related to Vin Diesel's character. Okay, so it, my guess is sister, not because I don't think he's married. Okay, yeah, his family. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Fast X is filming. Oh God, it's called Fast X. <laughs> it is. Uh, she's also in um, the remake prequel of the texas chainsaw massacre the texas chainsaw massacre the beginning oh um, which whenever we get to that franchise breakdown that is a fucking solid ass movie um all of those movies are i mean i like the remake movies with the exception of leatherface are actually very very good chainsaw mm-hmm. movies and the remake ones from 0306 in particular are like scary yeah um also i think What's his name? Uh, Usher. Usher is in this movie. <laughs> this is Usher's um, feature film debut, actually. <laughs> this was the first movie where they got Usher as an actor, is, which I just yeah, think Usher, is kind Usher, of fun. Yeah, like he's listening to the credits. It's like Usher Raymond. Like his, it's just his real name yeah. and not just Usher. 
Oh, um, I forgot God. Usher was. I don't know this. what other movies he's done. What other movies does he has he done? Um, Usher was also in uh, She's All That in 1999. Okay, he played a DJ. Um, <laughs> he was he played himself in Muppets Most Wanted. Um, All right, cool, cool. He was in the movie Hustlers a couple years back as right. himself again. Okay, so he and just for, plays Usher a lot for the most part since Usher became like. Usher, Usher. he plays himself. Okay. But back in the late 90s, he was acting. Yeah, he's like Drake on Degrassi. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was in Scary Movie 5, which I think is the worst scary movie. And he plays Ira, the janitor. (laughs) Speaking of scary movie, um, there's a character, like a reoccurring background character in this movie that's listed in the credits as Fuck You Boy um, (laughs) alongside Fuck You Girl. Um, it's just a couple that's in a clearly abusive relationship. Um, that movie did not age well with that. Uh, but yeah. it, like it mutually, not just not one or the other. Um, and like, it, cause it's weird because like when we are told that they're definitely pod people, when they are not physically and verbally assaulting each other yeah. and it's like, yay, but aw. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the guy is played by John Abrams. Who's like, in the original scary movie is like the Billy Loomis character. Like he's the one dating. Oh uh, yeah. That's him. Oh Um, my God. It's so funny because I recognized him immediately. I'm like, this is 1999. This is right about the time of scary (laughs) movie. And it was also dimension. So like dimension because they had the lock on like what the cool teen subculture was of the mid to late nineties. Like, they literally were sponsored by Tommy Hilfinger for this movie. Oh, my um, God. Like, all of the costumes were straight up, like, designer clothes. Oh, yeah. Which is why these movies are always such great time capsules. But I feel like they were just like, hey, you're um, jackass number five in this movie. Go be jackass number one in this other movie. Like, I feel like his just career was just like, all right, cool, whatever. And I just want to point out real fast, um, the fuck you girl in this movie is played by Summer Phoenix. Yes, that's right. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, uh she's part of the Phoenix clan of actors um uh of course Joaquin Phoenix, uh River Phoenix who's passed away mm-hmm. and the other one is like um like Credence. They're all like cool hippie names. Like all of their names are very cool and interesting because um, their parents this is a true story. Their parents grew up in a cult called Children of God and they were all born into it. All of their names and I will go okay. down this list is yeah. uh there's Summer Phoenix River Phoenix, yeah. Rain Phoenix, Rain, Joaquin Phoenix, and Liberty Phoenix. Yeah, Liberty Phoenix is the one I was. It's like a cool. It was just like a concept, and I'm like, oh, cool, awesome. Yeah, it's like when people are named like free, not freedom, but like um, like I don't know, like not freedom is a bad example. You mean like patriot from? The oh shit! Movie? I forgot about that fucking kid. No, I meant like when they're named like chastity or like that's usually like a stripper name, but like there's real people out there named like chastity and grace and. I say grace, like, like, faith, like, concepts. It's like you got a lot to live up. Yeah, hope. Yeah, Anything, like you have to live up to it. It's like oh shit, but like this liberty, it's just like the top. Just damn. Especially when your sister's name is Rain. Like yeah. it's like they're all I'm, no. <laughs> That's a bad joke. Oh no. Anyway, um, who else is in this movie? Fucking, we could just spend a lot of time on this cast because truly all out of. <laughs> yeah so let's start talking about some of the actual faculty members right um, yeah i'm gonna start up with uh daniel von uh bargain bargain playing uh mr tate who does not give a shit about his job and is just trying to make it to retirement 
Do you know uh, Von Bargen? I don't know him very well. I know him because I watched a lot of Malcolm in the Middle in oh, when I was a teenager, okay. and he's the uh, commandant at the like. Oh, at the military school? at the military school that the oh, oldest brother okay. goes to. Yeah, and I, I immediately recognized him in this. Um, I I did not realize the actor has passed away. Yes, um, it looks like he yeah has he passed, passed away. away in 2015. Yeah, uh, but he gives a hell of a performance in this movie where he does not give a shit about what is going on until he becomes a pod person. Because until then, he's he's having his Irish coffee with a little bit of extra Irish. It's a lot of bit of extra Irish. <laughs> <laughs> he's making fun of the one of the older teachers being like, why hasn't she retired yet? Which is how we're introduced to him. He's like, hmm, she should just be retired. Yeah. Man, like, it's one of those things where, like, like I have a whole note just about Delilah being unhinged and chaotic. But, like, he clearly has a drinking problem, and everybody knows and doesn't do anything about it or care. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, again, like, everyone's pod people thing is just how their life is, like, better like he's not drunk he's teaching his students all the kids that were just like doing drugs during class like are in class participating yeah um then we have john stewart as uh, professor furlong i loved john stewart in this it took me a second because he looked so young i was like i didn't recognize him until the credits rolled yeah it it was not i mean uh, john stewart of course is you know a talk show legend now from his from the daily show mm-hmm. so and i mean i when i was a kid i loved the daily show i watched john stewart all the time so like and i just hadn't seen him since he retired but yeah it's cool to see him like young when he was still like just being like he's kind of like got paul rudd energy in this movie like from ghostbusters yeah. afterlife he really does because yeah you cannot convince me that gruberson would not do the exact same thing well and it's kind of nice because even though he is i mean like everybody else most of the time in this movie is taken over by an alien during the credits we see that he's all right he's just severely injured even though he got stabbed in the eye with a pen full of caffeine yeah he lived he was you know he's okay he's still teaching (laughs) just with his eye patch yeah (laughs) Um, then we got Robert Patrick as the football coach. Dude, he's fucking great in this movie. <laughs> yeah, well, and like, how fitting is it for him who played the T-1000 in Terminator yeah, 2? Yeah, Judgment. Judgment Day. Day. Um, to go on to play a really aggressive football coach who's got some wild uh, emotions throughout his first couple minutes of screen time. You know what's fucking nuts that I just saw? So what? Robert Patrick, mm-hmm. like again, in one of the many ties to um, HBO's Peacemaker, if you, if you haven't seen Peacemaker, please do yourself a favor. It's amazing. Even if you don't like superhero shows, it's fucking so good. But um, that starring John Cena, of course. Mm-hmm. Robert Patrick was in The Marine, which was John Cena's like filming. <gasps> no they way. They were in the movie together. So I, I wonder if like they're old buddies because of course like Robert Patrick is like he just always plays fucking evil pricks. I'm mm-hmm. sure he's fine. Like I'm sure he's a he's a reasonable nice man. Yeah. And I just wonder like you know like on set for Peacemaker when like he just, his character just fucking hates Peacemaker so much he hates his own son that much. Mm-hmm. I'm like I really hope that like it was more of a fun reunion for them. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's also been in a couple of us. I saw him uh, most recently before uh, Peacemaker in The Sopranos. He's in a couple of episodes of that. Um, just way back when I was watching that. But he's also in the From Dust Till Dawn series, which I think oh, yeah. Robert Rodriguez also produces. So I feel like it's that a fun little, sense. like, you just keep working with the people you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if people work with Robert Patrick, that means he's probably a good guy. Like, James Gunn does not work with people that are assholes. Robert Rodriguez and Rob Zombie only work with their friends. Mm-hmm. That's a cool little fun community of people that make really fucked up shit, but they're all, like, really nice. Yeah. Um, we also have B.B. Um, Newworth playing yeah. the principal Drake, which I found out um, her character's namesake is based off of the Drake equation, which is all about how many different like intelligent life forms there are out in the oh, universe. So a bunch of nerds wrote this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you not get that from the everything about this movie? I know, but Robert <laughs> Rodriguez just made it so cool. And, 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 and Mr. Williamson made everyone all hip and cool, and they dressed everyone in Tommy Hilfinger. It hit the fact that a bunch of sci-fi nerds wrote this who were definitely bullied in high school. Yeah. Like, they were all the, uh, the, the Bria Grant and Elijah Wood people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but maybe it's her big thing. I mean, none of our listeners probably have ever seen Cheers. I've barely seen Cheers myself. But she's um, a very big, prominent character on Cheers and on Frasier, which, I mean, both are regarded as some of the greatest television shows to ever be aired that I have seen none of. Uh, but she's, <laughs> she's on those shows. Um, and for- she's also in Jumanji. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I didn't mean she's in Jumanji. Like I had to run through the entire movie in my head when I saw that because I'm like mm-hmm. I don't remember anyone other than like Robin Williams, Kirsten Dunst, and uh, I don't remember the woman's name, Bonnie Hunt, uh, yeah. who's who's the other woman. I don't really remember anybody else aside from them. Well, and she's also a very prominent stage actress. Really? Um, She got her uh, New York career debut in a chorus line. Uh, She won a Tony Award for Sweet Charity. And bringing it back to one of your favorite families, she was in the original Broadway cast of Adam's Family. She was Morticia. Was she Morticia? Yeah. How fucking course she was, because she fits that aesthetic to a T. I also want to say she was in Chicago, but I could be wrong i i mean but i'm pretty you know sure what? she I, I would, was i would put money that she probably was what's also cool for our theater kid nerd listeners she was in she was featured in that cameo of tick tick boom the movie where it was like all those broadway legends were yeah there. he was in that scene too oh yeah which is very very cool that movie fucking was amazing I had no idea that she was such a big stage presence. Oh, yeah. She's won two Tony Awards. One for um, the revival of Sweet Charity and the second one for the still-running revival of Chicago where she was Velma Kelly. That makes absolute sense. Yeah, she started that uh, Chicago production in 97. Wow. Yeah. 96, 97, around there. She was like the cool alt non-Elvira person for a lot of like gothy feeder kids <laughs> oh yeah well and actually now that i think about it she probably had just finished with chicago when she went to do this movie oh yeah i could absolutely see that damn so that timing look, yeah i mean obviously again like everyone that intersects this movie it's that's like such a weird time before they were like catapulted into other shit mm-hmm. um like for instance famke jansen 
who I have a lot of problems with this movie that we'll get to later. <laughs> um, but she's Jean Grey in the Brian Singer X-Men trilogy, which we mentioned on our New Mutants episode a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. Um, whether or not you like those movies, I go back and forth myself. That was a huge thing back in the day was oh, those yeah. X-Men movies. Um, I don't know if she did anything past the last step. No, she showed up in the Wolverine a couple of times. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's like the biggest thing I know her from. And she's um, Brian Wilson, or Brian, not Brian Wilson, uh, the guy from Taken, Liam Neeson's character, Brian mm-hmm. Mills. Brian Mills is his name. She plays his wife in those movies. She was also in Goldeneye, the James Bond movie. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. And uh, most recent, or more recently, she was in the TV show How to Get Away with Murder for a couple uh, seasons. Okay, my mom would probably know her then. <laughs> my mom loves that show. Uh, also in the faculty is Selma Hayek. <laughs> yeah, just like, playing the, the nurse. Fuck? Just for like hanging out. Scenes. Like yeah. she's not even in a lot of it. I I some I feel like Selma Hayek and Robert Rodriguez must have dated for a while because like well, they did they like had, she was in uh, they had Middle just done Dawn. Desperado yeah she she was in Desperado she did from Dust Till Dawn um and I mean you remember from Dust Till Dawn she's hot as fuck yeah <laughs> and Robert Rodriguez was cool fun Western cowboy vibes straight up what Desperado was mm-hmm. so I feel like he was just like Antonio Banderas you're gonna play me and I'm gonna cast this super hot woman as and then just hopefully again i could be talking completely out of my ass Mm -hmm. but um i i found a cool thing about her uh she was inspired to start acting after she saw willy wonka and the chocolate factory back in 1971 god bless that movie yeah i fucking love that movie (laughs) i'm so glad that movie is what got her into acting yeah, uh-huh. it, it, it's, such, it's so cool then because I feel like I've seen Selma Hayek in a lot of, like, I was not alive in the 90s to see her be super sexy. But mm-hmm. most of the things I've ever seen her in are very, like, weird things. Like, they're things where it's, like, a little bit unconventional. And yeah. I feel like it's because, yeah, she's hot as hell, but, like, she's just like, but I like weird art stuff, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also have... Um... Rounding out some of our faculty, we have Piper Laurie, who plays uh, Mrs. Olsen, who is like the drama teacher. Um, her name's really familiar. I don't know her. Oh, let me tell you why you know her. Okay. She was Margaret White in the original Carrie movie. No way. In 1976, <laughs> 20 years before the faculty, she was Margaret White. She is no stranger to horror, my friends. No way. That that's fucking insane. Right? I, like I'm it looks like I haven't seen a lot of stuff. She was in Twin Peaks. Okay, that's a big thing that she was in. I oh, so she was um, also in Frasier in the nineties. God, and fucking one day we have to cover Return to Oz. She's in that too. She's Aunt oh. Em in that. Oh, God, yeah. We have to get really drunk and watch that movie as adults and see if it's still as scary as I remember. I've never seen it because exactly. I'm scared of that movie. We're going to have a time <laughs> and a half watching it. I'm very excited. Okay, we have like one or two more people left in this movie, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christopher McDonald shows up for fucking yes. no reason. 
<laughs> he is, uh, for those who know uh, the movie Billy Madison with Adam Sandler, he is Shooter McGavin. We're like literally anything because he's in so much oh, shit. Oh, so much. Well, but I specifically bring up Shooter McGavin because it's actually directly referenced in this movie, in The Faculty. Um, I like to think it's a nice little double uh, feature cameo like nod because um when he when christopher mcdonald and robert patrick look at each other and they interact in a scene they both like shoot finger guns at each other which i think is both <laughs> a reference to him being shooter mcgavin and to robert patrick being a terminator <laughs> i think it's a cute little nod to both of those things that's so fucking funny oh my god Christopher McDonald, I feel like, is the proto Nicolas Cage, where he's just in so many movies where he's like legitimately good and then like a total meme. Mm-hmm. So, like, and he's like not to Nicolas Cage's level, but like he's embraced it for the most part. Oh, yeah. Like, did you ever see superhero movie? I actually just rewatched it recently. <laughs> oh, my. So, is it still good? I haven't uh, seen it in years. <laughs> Some of it hasn't aged the best, but man, is it so much fun. Like, it's it's scary movie, but if it's Spider-Man, and yeah. it's starring Drake Bell as Peter Parker, and <laughs> Christopher McDonald as the Green Goblin. <laughs> it's so funny, man. It, like, I, I, God, I remember, like, my cousins and I would watch that movie like at like Thanksgiving or something like me and Zach and my cousin Jack would watch it all the time and we would just like laugh our asses off at like the stupid like it's not funny to adults no but it's like funny if you have a stupid sense of humor absolutely and, and I love streaming it. somewhere because I just rewatched oh it, like, god a it's gotta be on ago. Prime or something like everything else that's been banished from the fucking internet <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay really very quickly rounding out the rest of our breakfast club cast uh clea duvall is stokes clea duvall is also in a lot of things i know her and we know her danny from uh hero she's the first season of hero she's that detective who's hunting down siler oh, yeah. so she's like one of i mean season one is great but like she's part of the most like compelling storyline of that season because mm-hmm. then she starts working with matt parkman who's greg grunberg who i yeah. fucking love also um but she's all over the place too, especially in the early 2000s world of horror. She's also been in Argo. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in The Handmaid's Tale and Veep, Broad City. Um, she's all over the place. And I very much like her just because of, you know, of course, heroes. Yes. Um, and I will say, I think it's kind of interesting that it made enough of a note for IMDb that in this movie, she as an actress is um, a lesbian who is playing a straight person who's trying to get away from other people by pretending to be a lesbian. Okay. So again, my gaydar was really bad. I thought that she was just being bullied as a lesbian because girls are mean to each other. And it was the nineties. I think that's actually what was happening, but I don't really know. Wait, but so you're saying Cleo Duvall herself is a lesbian woman playing a straight woman who is being shamed for being a lesbian when she is in fact not a straight, uh, not and is a straight woman. Correct. Okay, good. <laughs> There's a little bit of mental gymnastics it yeah. takes to get along the way. Not that it really matters. I mean, I love her character in this movie specifically because she's supposed to be like, not even like the goth, just like the kid who's mad and yeah. doesn't know what to do with her feelings. Because she says she has a, such a cute crush on Stan and it 
like I just I like it a lot, especially when that one scene where she's like clearly making googly eyes at him, and Nerbet's mm-hmm. like, "I'm gonna help you out," and then just like shoulder checks her into his his lap, lap. and I'm yes. like, "Smooth, but damn." Yeah. <laughs> well, and speaking of Mary Beth, that I believe that rounds out the last of our cast yes. members. So we yes, have to talk we about can actually it. get to the movie. Yeah. So uh, Mary Beth is played by Laura Harris who I don't think I've actually ever seen her in anything else. I haven't, At certainly. least not off the top of my head. But um, she actually voiced uh, Celine yeah. in an Underworld um, animated film, which I didn't I'm gonna know have to watch that. And that she was cool. in the show uh, 24 with, yes. um, what's his name? Uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Yes. She's also in a show called Dead Like Me, which is in the early 2000s uh, with Mandy Patinkin. So it was like right Whoa. before he did Criminal Minds, I think, too. And, and of course, uh, Sunday in the Park with George. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, I don't know when that was. I just know that, that he was did in that the also. 80s. <laughs> We're going to just keep bringing it back also because, again, we know from Darren Lynn Bowsman, horror and theater have a very, they bleed into each other a lot. All the time, man. Because it's all people that are just like geeks and goths that don't know how to express themselves. And listen, I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> all right. So, should we talk about the, the actual movie now? Yeah, let's Matt? get into this, man. <laughs> how fucking long is this episode already? I, I have mean, no idea. I mean, I don't even care, Matt, because this movie deserves all the attention that it needs. Oh, absolutely. Could not agree more. So, yeah. so the movie begins, like, again, it reminds you right off the bat, like, hey, this is a scary movie. Kind of like, again, Kevin Williamson is a writer who mm-hmm. wrote Scream. So the beginning is like, oh, damn, this is actually kind of intense. And they're like, nah, man, we're just kidding. We just need you to be scared, you know, a little bit, you know? You know? Yeah. Like, cool. So the first scene in the movie is like, oh shit, that's actually kind of like intense. Yeah, because it starts with a like true blue horror scene after mm-hmm. we have the coach just yelling at the football team for not being good enough. Yeah, I'm like, oh shit, T1000. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, just Yeah, I was like, movie mean. starts out exactly the way a high school movie should. Football, repressed aggression, and the offspring, because that was what was <laughs> playing. <laughs> Um, yeah, so then we follow some of our teachers the next day as they're having a meeting about um, they're meeting about like budget stuff. And so okay, I'm not going to pass over the fact you in your nerdy theater brain, you said that they did a theater joke that most people wouldn't understand. I didn't. Oh, so you need to fucking explain this. Well, good, because I'm actually um, about to get into that. Because um, at the end of that scene, when they're leaving, uh, Mrs. Olson, who we later find out is one of the pod people at this point, is talking to the principal and is like, we really wanted to do Guys and Dolls this year. After the principal had been like, we have no money for you to do a musical. And she's like, (laughs) we have zero money. No, we have zero money for you and all the money for footballs. Uh, Yes. Such is life in high school. But the joke that but I feel like a lot of people won't understand is she's like, well, you can do it if you use the same set from our town. And the joke is our town doesn't have a set. They literally can do it on a blank stage with a ladder. <laughs> I'm mad. I'm mad now. <laughs> <laughs> what if like, because that means that not only did Mrs. Wilson do it, but also the principal or whoever, her what i think she's the principal right she is still the principal at that point okay okay because like that means that she also had to know and was like 
hey, I know that I've knocked you down. I'm going to kick you when you're down, <laughs> you stupid theater director. <laughs> like, can you imagine just being like, I, we, the kids just really want to do this golden age classic musical. And she's like, well, you can do it if you uh, get nothing for it. He's like an Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> like, that's something that he would say. <laughs> but like, it all comes back. Nerdy theater jokes are prevalent in horror. What yeah. can I say? Oh, absolutely. Um, you want to talk about how, um, oh, you already did that. So now that we can start the actual movie, um, the introduction scene, of course, everyone is introduced archetype, archetypically, archety- sure, that's the word I'm going to go with. All of the, like, the jock, the kid who sells drugs, the nerd, this girl's popular, this girl's new, this girl's goth, and people don't like her. Mm-hmm. But everyone's engaging because it's not just like them doing the typical things they would do. It's them having an interaction with someone. So you see how they talk to each other. Like I knew from right off the bat, like the first time that Delilah and Stan talked to each other, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a great movie with good dialogue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. What did you think? Like how, like who did you identify with the most? First of all, (laughs) Okay, well, since we're just going to have to go there, um, <laughs> I'm going to have to roast myself here. Oh, you little Elijah Wood. My little Elijah Wood buddy nerd. Because, come on, this should not surprise any Everyone who is listening to this podcast has known me long enough, even if you've just known me by the podcast. <laughs> you know what I would relate to. So were you also picked up by a bunch of jocks and ram cock first onto the flagpole? <laughs> I can uh, I thankfully that was say I haven't because that, was that particularly is gruesome. brutal. <laughs> and I can't get over that by the end of the movie, they're doing that to another guy. Yeah, of just course. Cause. And I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah, because well, why just not? brutal. That's just mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're introduced to all of the archetypes we've kind of talked about a little a couple of them already um but um delilah as we said is a school newspaper reporter so she's Mm -hmm. a big time pain in the ass and she is dating the captain of the football that's just my opinion but she is a pain in the ass yeah (laughs) you just watched all of ned's declassified you're primed for middle school high school archetypes oh absolutely and actually i think someone with all of those coming to netflix Oh fuck yeah! Isn't it already there? Or no, no we right it now it's Paramount, on Paramount. Right? But I think Netflix is trying uh, to get back lame. some of the uh, early two thousands kids and being like, "Hey, you remember these shows from your childhood?" Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, Netflix. do not reboot them, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, please no. Um, I really hope that 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 the creator it, Ned has been like, I want to do like a he wants to do like a close enough thing. Uh, but with Nancy Classified, just be like, here's what it's like being a millennial in fucking today's age. Everyone that was in middle school at the time, like, who's mm-hmm. an adult now. And I'm like, I look okay. I'd be down for that. It'd make me feel a little bit better about my life. And, you know. <laughs> well, and I would also like it as long as, like, they're the people who are involved with, like, making it. The right, people who right. were initially in the show. Keep the original vibe. I want the garage rock. Yeah. Keep it, please. <laughs> Keep it goofy. Um, so, yes. 
Delilah and Stan are dating. Stan is the captain of the football team. He mm-hmm. is also at an imp- is at an impasse because he wants to quit football, but you know everyone's relying on him. You know the Stan- they got the big game this weekend. The big games tomorrow, Stan. What are you doing? Come on. Yeah. And then Delilah's just like, well, you know, if you leave, I probably can't date you if you stop playing the footballs because that's the rules of high schools. right by me honestly because um we learned pretty quickly that stokes has a crush on him yeah so stokes is i think because of again because delilah is a bad person Mm -hmm. that is my opinion but i mean she started a lesbian whisper campaign so that she could probably break down the fact that stan probably is into a girl that has more beneath the surface than is a journalist (laughs) and he was gonna go for stokes and you're like i need to preemptively destroy that like the cia did in iraq and she's like she's a lesbian and then she just roasts her on that and of course you know this was a different time Mm -hmm. obviously it's still not okay to do that but like you know, no slurs are used, which I'm glad. It was done more in like a, not like in a fun way, but like in a way that was not like tr- truly targeted at someone's identity. It was more mm-hmm. just like, I know this makes you uncomfortable, so I'm going to say that. You know, more so like that than being like, your identity is bad and you are bad. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, I will give Delilah that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Who else is in there? Oh, okay. Mary Beth. Yes. So, like, all right. I go back and forth with the twist in the movie. Mm -hmm. The thing that I like about it is that she is, despite being the new girl at school, she's still normal. And normal enough that she clearly wants to engage with people. Okay. Okay. I don't know if I necessarily entirely agree with that because I got weird vibes from her from the get-go. Okay. And part of that is because they were very smart in making her from like a very different area. She had that very like Southern Belle type of charm going. Are you she saying... would always introduce herself by the, her full name. So are you saying, Danny, that Isa came to Southern Charm? <laughs> I think so. I think so, my friend. I think, I think I would have gotcha. died in this movie. I think she would have got me. Oh, you would have been got, man. Well, I would have been I, got. But... Dude, I absolutely would have been got. Because it was so fucked up. Because I'm like, man, I'm with Zeke. I admire his dedication. He's definitely on my apocalypse team. But he didn't get got. The thing that got got him was that he's definitely trying to fuck or is actively fucking his English teacher. I think, yeah. See, that's my thing. Because I'm like, okay, either... <laughs> like, because she, we, we see in class... When, so Zeke is clearly very smart. This mm-hmm. is the first time we see him do something. Like, sorry to jump from Mary Beth to him. But, like, that is we'll get to talk about her more as we go but like mm-hmm. the way that she, i would say that it engaged me is that she w- seemed genuinely interested in everybody like all of the heroes she tried to befriend them to like yes. learn their weaknesses <laughs> well yeah and i don't know if that's because she was trying to just like find their weaknesses or if she was just trying to find the humanity of everything well and that's the thing is that that's why you know okay i Kelly knows this if he's listening, but a couple night, a couple weeks back, I had a really bad nightmare 
about aliens coming to Earth, and they gave us this full pitch about why we should trust them and why we should go into their ships. And I went up into the ships, the ships, and I fucking got skinned alive. Oh, not, yeah, it was God. fucking hor- it was fucking horrifying. So that nightmare taught me one thing, and it's that I never trust aliens from now on. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, when she's giving her big pitch in the end of this movie, I'm like, okay. Maybe I would still buy it. Matt, maybe. are you susceptible to aliens? I, I used if to think eloquent? no. Uh, maybe if they have a stupid accent, evidently. And, An and, accent and just seem and interested in bit. me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, don't <Poor> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Don't look at me. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to Zeke's problematic relationship with Miss Burke. Yes. <laughs> Someone yes, else so- that's problematic. Oh my god. So yeah, so when we first, or the second time we see them interacting is when he's selling his um, his caffeine pens from his car and then she comes up and is like, hey. Yeah, she's like, I'm like, wait, a kid is selling drugs on school property and the teacher is only like, hey, are we gonna have a problem? It's like a mom being like with a kid that does not follow rules. It's like, hey, hey. Stop it. Like, that That was it. Yeah. It's this not going to do drugs. anything. Like, you could call the police. This kid's fucking life is over. Yeah. And I'm like, also, did they used to fuck? Or is this just a porno where she's just so horny for this 18-year-old man? Yeah. And I'm like, wait, I don't buy this. Cause, yeah, I know he's, like, supposed to be in college. But, like, he's still a student at that high school. He still was your student last year. Like, stop being so horny for him, damn it. Like, it's, it's getting creepy, Mrs. Burke. Like, there's one scene where he calls her a bitch, and I'm like, don't get turned on, you psycho. Yeah, that's right. Oh, no, I'm sorry, that was Delilah. I, uh, we'll get but to her still. later. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's very much like, even when she's clearly possessed and it's like, becomes mommy to him like uh, yeah that alien banks on the fact that that's what that kid's into and it's fucking spot on mm-hmm. so the aliens just by being in a high school for an afternoon already know how to spot and manipulate human sexuality yeah that's so and true i think you know that's our ultimate downfall i mean fucking look at that. i just proved yeah <laughs> the downfall of humanity that's how the aliens get you I mean, in my dream, to be fair, it was not enticed that way. It was just being genuine. And I'm like, okay, I trust him. And I woke up and I was like, Kelly, would you trust aliens? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, looks like we both die. <laughs> I'm glad so that's the conversation you, you had with Kelly. Well, no, would you, so seem, clearly you would not trust aliens. So I would need you to um, fight back. And he would need you to be the John Connor. Oh, uh, oh no. <laughs> or at least I need you to find a John Connor. That I could do. Do that for me, please. <laughs> anyway, back to... Back to the faculty. <laughs> <Back> to this. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't really know the depths of their relationship between Zeke and Miss Burke, but um, it's how they manipulate him when they're trying to get him to join. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, and post that, like... Are they dating? I don't at the end like at the That's end. Not okay. that they're definitely. <laughs> they have something going on. Like, and I am uncomfortable okay. with it. Like, it's great because they do that full, like, everything's cool and back to normal. Like, everyone that's dating should date, even though maybe they shouldn't. And then I'm like, ew, don't fuck your teacher. That's not a happy ending, Zeke. Yeah. Like, go find your parents. Do something productive. 
Yeah. I didn't learn anything, damn it. Okay, <laughs> but anyway, um, another great uh, character relationship I want to talk about is <laughs> Elijah Wood's character. What's Elijah Wood's character's name? Uh, I've uh, shit. Um, it is uh, Casey. Casey's his name. Yeah. So Casey is kind of our first one to spot the invasion of the body snatchers happening. Um, he very he gets a weird interaction um, with uh, the coach. Uh, again, played by the T-1000, um, uh, Coach Joe Willis. Um, mm-hmm. He has a bad interaction with him, and he's like, I think that he's an alien now. And he talks to Stokes about it. Stokes is kind of like the sci-fi nerd, but she's like, this is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And I think that trope is very cool because like, it's the most meta I like horror movies getting. Like They're wearing their inspiration on their sleeve. Mm-hmm. Like, they're talking about Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, it's kind of like 30 Days of Night also where they're like, just because it works in fucking sci-fi doesn't mean it works now. Like the, mm-hmm. the finding the queen and disabling all that sort of thing. Um, and you had a good note about how like it has a scene where they're like, here are the rules to surviving invasion of the body snatchers. Like they do that type of scene just straight mm-hmm. out of scream, you know? Yeah. It's so cool, man. Well, yeah. And um, Casey and Delilah, when they're doing their little bit of research, trying to figure out why people are acting funky, they <laughs> accidentally see Salma Hayek get murdered. Yeah, they do. And so they get all like confused, being like, hey, why are our teachers killing each other? And then yeah. when they try to escape, the teachers are all like, no, nah, everything's fine. What are you talking about? It's so wild because, like, that's how he gets Delilah to believe. Like, again, the journalist spends a whole scene roasting his ass. She straight up tells him that he's the geeky Stephen King kid. There's one of you in every movie. And I'm like, wait, did they just say they're in a horror movie? Because, again, Scream is, like, it's right there. Yep. And, yeah, in that scene when they're looking for evidence of the teachers being shitty, that's when, like, Casey finds the flask. And it's like, oh, man, our history teacher is an alcoholic. And she's like, I exposed his alcoholism last year, and it's no big deal. Nobody cares. And I'm like, oh, God. That's what, that's concerning. Help that man. man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. This is a scene where he calls her a bitch, and she gets all, like, turned on. She's like, oh, Casey, you kind of like me. I'm like, wait, don't get turned on. You're weird. (laughs) Like, she's mean to him, and he's like, you're being a bitch. And she's like, oh, do you like that? I'm like, wait, no, stop it. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, so, uh, Casey runs away to try to get the police to be like, Hey, um, one of my teachers was murdered in front of me. And so the police and Christopher McDonald show up. Yeah. This is the best fucking scene (laughs) in the movie, by the way. Cause yeah, Christopher McDonald is Casey's father. And, uh, the police he just are like, comes in like, what's my gay son done now? Like, he literally is that type of dad. <laughs> and so the police are like, hey, so did uh, did you guys murder one of the? Did you guys murder the nurse? And so they send Salma Hayek as the nurse out to talk to the police officer, being like, well, I'm not dead, so I'm here. And the police is like, ugh, Casey, you stupid bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like, and then Christopher the McDonald gets mad. Yeah, okay, so I want to talk about this scene for a second. (laughs) So, like, after Casey obviously gets in trouble by, like, lying about a murder and calling Mm -hmm. the police and all this shit, so his parents are like, you're grounded. And, like, they're (laughs) so fucked up. (laughs) But, like, they're like, 
okay, no more computer or whatever, because like he's a geek, of course. Mm-hmm. So like no more computer. So Christopher McDonald's like tearing apart fucking the whole setup, like the ancient Macintosh, like AOL instant messenger he's got. And then his mom's like, take away his porno. And I'm like, wait, mom, stop. How do you know this? Yeah. Because then she like tells him where it is. I'm like, wait, so the mom found it and didn't say anything? That's a little weird. Yeah. And then like it's straight up like it's his porn is just boobs magazine. (laughs) It might as well just say porn on the magazine. (laughs) And like when Casey has a weird moment where he feels like he sees the coach outside, he goes outside to run and be like, oh shit. And then Christopher McDonald comes out and he's got the boob magazine in his hand. I'm like, this is a dad jerking off to his son's porn. (laughs) What is happening? What is happening in this family? Like, the movie took a left turn and I'm like, oh, this is fucked up and weird and I love it. Like, have Mm. you seen Mars Attacks before? Uh, I've seen parts of it, but never the whole thing. Mars Attacks is a Tim Burton movie, but it feels like this movie on meth where, Mm. like, it's it's not quite to scary movie level of like complete like self parody, mm-hmm. but like it pairs these moments of like we're telling a story and it's it's supposed to be kind of like intense, but we're having this like bonkers Robert Rodriguez comedy right next to it, mm-hmm. and it kind of just like it takes away the whole like <laughs> you know it's kind of funny again like Jennifer's fucking body I'm gonna be talking about this a lot <laughs> next week. <laughs> it's just how you make a good. fucking like funny horror movie you know at Mm -hmm. least for me like i love these type of movies that are like they know what they are but they're not trying too hard Mm -hmm. speaking of one of those moments um the aliens here really like water yes like (laughs) it's kind of intense it's it's kind of the inverse of signs if yeah. <laughs> uh, memory serves. Yes, yeah, signs where their weakness is water. Yes. Yeah, in this, it's that they're just trying to stay so well hydrated. Yeah. Um, that and helps them grow, right? Or something like that? It's something about, like, maintaining their livelihood or something. Okay, because they we, can't live without it. Yeah, because at this point, remind I don't remember. I think we've seen one of the actual creatures themselves at this yes, point? Yes, that, that was the first thing because Casey found the pod on That's the football right. field and they put it in water in John Stewart's science class mm-hmm. and then it sprouted tendrils that looked like they could perfectly puppet a, a, body. a body. Which yeah. is also cool because that scene where you see that, it, it, co- it goes and immediately covers the body and it looks like a nervous system. So mm-hmm. it's like a brain and a limitless nervous system that can pilot anything that it puts in like a rabbit people anything and all under a hive mind mentality Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah so at this point now uh, most of the faculty has been taken over by these little insect bastards and so how are they going to get the student body oh why i'm so glad (laughs) you asked they're just going to call people into the office to go to the nurse to get their like quote-unquote health check well and because high school students are stupid they don't like ask any questions no they just do it like there's a scene like yeah the history class like you know the teacher's clearly not an alcoholic anymore and they're Mm -hmm. just like yes hello i am normal teacher can you tell us each and every one of your relatives and where they live and what their names are please wow i'm thirsty are you thirsty i'm thirsty does anyone want some water like it just becomes like 
the kids going okay like they just don't care well, yeah and the kids are like is this is this gonna be on the test and he's just like no this is your test yeah they're just like whatever and they're just like okay cool easy a let's fucking do this yeah and you know but just like yeah again they it's so funny watching them like drink water like it's drugs like they yeah. just are so into it um and we know that the only uh, weakness that they have is caffeine. Mm-hmm. Which well, yeah, because it's, it dries them out. Stewart in the eye, yeah. Uh, it's nuts, man. Yeah, it's, it, it's what, a diuretic? Is that what it's called? I, I think so. I don't, I don't know science very well. I, don't, Me neither, I have a Bachelor of Science, but it's not in chemistry. <laughs> I mean, I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts, so you're better off than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I know that caffeine does stuff to your, um, your, blood, your blood. I think it dehydrates you, actually. So maybe yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah, I think that's it. Um, um, but, uh, I mean, again, they could have just thrown sand at these people <laughs> or salt. Salt sure. probably would have done Salt. Or if you're in your Wisconsin, some cheese. Cheese dehydrates you? So, okay, here's, here's a little thing that I like to talk about. Please, cheese talk with Danny Hollander. So in some areas of Wisconsin, because they don't want to salt the ground and because they have so much goddamn cheese in that state, sometimes instead of salting the roads to keep ice from forming, they'll put down cheese. I don't what? think it works, but I think it's funny that they do it. That's insane. <laughs> Feel free to fact check me on that, listeners. Because it may just be a lie I told you, but I hope it's not. <laughs> I mean, in any, any case, like you said, the faculty is, they've all been taken over. So they're all like opposite versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Because um, like we said, um, Famke Jensen becomes Dark Phoenix from X-Men 3 when she just like publicly castrates with her words, Zeke in the parking lot. And he's like, oh, is this turning me on? Yeah, he's like, oh, am I into this? I'm like, oh, no. But it's cool because right after that, I think right around that time is when the kids come together in a very, like, it way where mm-hmm. they all have, they've all seen that clearly the faculty has been replaced with something else. But yeah. it's the first time that they've all been put a word to it, like, it's pod people. <clears throat> so, but they all have firsthand experiences to just reactions to that. They're like, that's fucking insane. Like, I, how can I believe that? Yeah, you know, and it's all with their own bias. Like Zeke is like, no, this teacher just put me in my place because I deserved it. Stan's like, I don't really care. I'm focusing on other things right now. Mm-hmm. Like, like Delilah, I think just really wants a piece of Elijah Wood for yeah. weird reasons because he looks like he's a freshman. She's clearly a senior. Mm-hmm. Um, that's weird in any gender configuration. Yeah, um, but that's when they're like, we gotta do something about this. And that's when John Stewart comes in and is like, shouldn't you guys be in class? And I'm like, yeah, shouldn't you guys just, you, none of you have been to class once today. Yeah. Like, I know your teachers are being taken over by aliens, but you got to stay on your education, guys. Like, the sole fact that they haven't been turned because, they just, because they've been called down to the principal's office is because they haven't been in a class to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, they just um, haven't been around. Because by the time they realize that every single person on the campus is a pod person, it's mm-hmm. like, they're, that's it. And I know that it's kind of great that they did this this way. Like, the quad isn't bustling with the normal Drake and Josh interstitial beats. Something is amiss. Yeah. <laughs> no, one is frolicking, no one is frolicking within their fun little archetypes. This is mm-hmm. wrong. Something is wrong here. Yeah. Um. But like we said, with the caffeine um, being the way that you stop these things, we get a fun little new twist on the thing's blood test. 
which actually this scene is where a twist got me um, okay because i i kind of bought into um delilah had just kind of changed her look to go incognito and kind of just like hide out but then we find yeah because she's I'm wearing like, stop her being glasses, a reporter for two seconds delilah because she's she's now wearing glasses instead of her usual contacts and we find out the real reason with that blood test which is just getting high on caffeine or yeah. dying by they literally caffeine. just snort a, a a pen that's been emptied out of ink full of caffeine they just snort yeah that. just uh, ground up caffeine pills which can't be good for you <laughs> no there's no way that's good for you but um delilah takes her takes her sniff and starts freaking out because she's got the pod things inside her and i put two and i think the movie puts two and two together but i also put two and two together being someone who's worn contacts and i was like oh that's why she's wearing glasses contacts can dry you the fuck out and you don't want to be dehydrated and you have water in your eyes but then you have an excuse to dump liquid into your eyes and keep replenishing your precious precious fucking water well it doesn't normally do it that much but if you're already dehydrated and you need to constantly drink water Ah, it's just going to dry out your eyes and fuck you up that's true see i didn't wear contacts but i wouldn't know it's also why you don't wear contacts in overnight your eyes can uh get dehydrated and they can get stuck yeah you know fuck that up. is a real horror story yeah so we're gonna do a little weird thing i hope this is cool with you to just skip over most of the like pod plot of the movie because that i mean we haven't really spoiled it thus far but like that's really where like the movie gets really really good yeah like, I, I think what i really sold me about this movie is just because i was expecting that pod plot I wasn't expecting all of this other stuff that we talked about, like these character yeah. relationships, everyone being different, the Kevin Williamson, Robert Rodriguez fucking lightning in a bottle that is this movie. Again, that mm-hmm. cannot be understated that I fucking love this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I kind of want to just skip over back to when everything is hunky-dory, kosher, Drake, and Josh interstitials playing over the campus <laughs> shots. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree with that because I think so much of this movie is in like – experiencing it for sure and like especially because we haven't seen this movie before this was the first time we ever saw it this was brand new to both of us which i kind of loved because i don't think until this point other than any of our bonus episodes i don't think any of our episodes had been new to both of us yeah that's usually how it works because normally at least one of us has seen it before yeah like it wasn't it i mean i i could be wrong but like i don't think since like rob zombie have we like straight up never seen something and gone into it together and then just talked about it after and been like, wow. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm really glad that we could. Yes. Uh, um, because like the way that, you know, the movie has, the movie kind of wraps itself up is like the movie introduces its characters with little fun, like name tags of like, this is who this person is. The movie has like a cool little like sitcom credit ending yeah where, like, it shows the actors like doing something and i'm like oh this is kind of fun it's so cute and that's how we find out that john stewart is still around yeah with his eye patch yeah and that's also when i realized that robert fucking rodriguez directed this that like i yes. seriously said that out loud yeah and you wrote down right underneath that all caps note this this movie, movie came, came out, out on, on christmas, christmas? Yeah, something I'm still confused about. Yeah, I'm about as confused about that as I am the alt version, hip-hop version of changes that plays over the credits. 
That's right. Because up until then, like, the movie soundtrack is really good. It's very of the time. Mm-hmm. This cover, I don't know if it just doesn't work, but it's definitely just very different. And I couldn't put a label on it. And I spent a lot of time thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to get into this essay bit you wrote about here? So, yeah. So this is something I found very interesting. And I wanted to write it in our notes so I wouldn't uh, misquote it in any ways. Yeah. But um, there was someone who wrote an essay on this movie yeah. in particular. Looks like Aaliyah, about- Aaliyah Whiteley or Aaliyah Whiteley. Yes. Correct. So this is not our thoughts. <laughs> yeah, this is not us. This is someone who like wrote an essay. They are more inclined to talk about this than we are. Um, but it's talking a lot about the film's influences, which we've mentioned a lot of, um, with Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Thing, a little bit of Terminator, a spoonful of The Breakfast Club, and as they put it, a pinch of Stepford Wives. Um, and, they, and then you've got the very funny, occasionally scary, sometimes quite gory, and extremely entertaining 1998 Robert Rodriguez film called The Faculty. Um, and a lot of this is all about how... Um, this movie really examines the tropes of science fiction and it kind of acts as the sci-fi horror scream, whereas scream was the slasher horror. That's definitely a good way to put it. And I, as soon as I read that, I was like, yeah, that that's this, this is it. (laughs) And uh, I just, I love this movie. It also, it really gives this movie chops because some of the last two things on here, it says there's a brilliant moment with a head on legs that I defy you to watch and not think of the thing, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I did that exact same thing. I'm like, he was just shy of making a referential line. And I'm like, this is the thing. But she also states that the faculty is very definitely a big mess of a movie in a good way. Uh, But if you Mm -hmm. love all things sci-fi, it's a good mess. Yeah, um, Keith Phillips described the nostalgic homage when he described the film as a Kevin Williamson scripted high school variation of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is exactly what a sci-fi scream would be in other yes, words. Exactly, and I think that that's what that's why people should see this, mm-hmm. just because it like that in itself. If you've listened to if you haven't listened to this show before, you should know like that is that is lightning in a bottle. That is something truly special. Yes. And for me, at least because the nineties make me nostalgic. Cause I feel like the nineties bled over into at least 2006, which when I was Correct. a kid, when I was consuming all of this stuff, mm-hmm. it gives me a lot of vibes of like, <clears throat> just, it just, it's comfy and it's groovy and it's relaxed. It's like how a lot of people feel looking back, watching the James Gunn Scooby-Doo movies of yes. 2003. It's very <clears throat> comfortable and fun um, and in a way that if you want it to be scary, the Kevin Williamson factor is there, mm-hmm. but it's also just relatable because if you grew up during those times, it makes you think of those times and those friends that you had of the same era. And it just happens to be cast by people that were all going to do some huge stuff mm-hmm. right after or right before this. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, I, I mean, I think I can speak for both of us. I would, I cannot recommend this movie enough it's such an entertaining ride. Um, it it really reminds me of some of my favorite uh, sci-fi horror movies out there. Um, and it's currently streaming on, I think it was HBO, HBO yeah. which makes it an easier, easily accessible movie for people who have that streaming service. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm so glad all of these movies we've been able to cover for growing up as a pain so far have been so good. And yeah. that even the one that was the, sh- the, the kind of the surprise for us, because we went in very open 
open-eyed and not yeah. sure what we were getting ourselves into ended up being <clears throat> so good. Like this is on like for this series, this is on par for me with like Let Me In. Like it's that yeah. good. But again, it's a completely different movie. Yes, but, very like, different vibes, different yes. tones. Different tone, different manner of talking about how growing up is a pain, which all these movies be tried to like make be a factor in how we chose them. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like that this movie and again next week's movie are gonna be a lot of the same thing of like sometimes you can just make a fun movie about what it was like to be a teenager Mm -hmm. and it's even more fun as a teenager to experience horror if they let you experience it authentically yes like not necessarily in a way like it's like if it's like here's a bad example but like the bye-bye man where like it's not relatable at all and is bad or Mm -hmm. it can be like the faculty where you're like, ah, yeah, I remember high school. That's exactly how we would have handled it. We would have made, you know, Matrix references and, you know, Invasion of the Body Snatchers reference. Like, we would have done that because that's the type of people that people are. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to start. I got to head out of here. So follow our Instagram at the underscore square horror podcast. You can reach us at square horror podcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm, thanks, everyone, for sticking with the series. I know we've taken a lot of little detours along the way. But yes. um, we're, I would, we're not about, we're, we're looking down at the home stretch. Mm-hmm. We're almost done with high school. Next week will be our last high school movie before we pivot uh, over to at least the summer between uh, graduation and real world with a note you did last summer. Yes. <laughs> and then full on into college. In where we college. will round that out um, with a, at least one movie about grad school, um, yes. which will be a big surprise for everybody when we do that one. Uh, and uh, after that, we will, um, We will see what happens after that. Yeah. And until next time, stay spooky out there. You caffeine in the bathroom if you're cool.